it, what's been amazing to me is how often it occurs. And every time we do a story, every time we do a story, we get more tips. Hmm. It is without fail. We'll have people contact us and say, um, you know, my grandma died. I inherited this property. I didn't get around to X, Y, Z. And I looked up and suddenly the property's in somebody else's name. What do I do? Hey, y'all. This is where Texas politics gets interesting. Here again are two guys named Jason, some great guests, and cold Texas beer for another smart conversation on Yolitics, the unofficial political podcast of Texas. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to Yolitics. We um, let me start with this question: Why are your shoes off right now? Because we're actually in oh, person now. Sorry, this is not. <laughs> that, well, my socks are clean. Um, What's going on, man? Why, I just, why are you feeling that comfortable around? I'm just I'm comfortable with you, I guess. After all this time, I've finally grown comfortable with you. Or I think actually I'm just comfortable with our guest today. Our guest is and a, not yeah. with you. Uh, so that's why you're not. With plus, me. these are my most comfortable socks. Did you know that? You know where I got these socks? Are these socks? These are buffalo socks. It's actually made from buffalo hair. I guess they have. Would it be hair fur? Uh, bison uh, in Texas. I got these uh, right outside uh, uh, Caprock Canyons where they have the herd of bison. They've got a store that sells a bunch of bison stuff. And you picked up some bison stuff. These are the best socks you will ever put on your feet. Well, maybe we should have them sponsor this. Amazingly soft. Um, Let's get back to our guest before (laughs) we we get into drinks here. after that advertisement you just gave us to buy some socks <laughs> well and 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 i think that what we're going to cover today is fascinating and this should you know put chills down your spine if you are a property owner or ever wanted to be a property owner uh here in texas and beyond texas you know a weird thing i don't know if you know this uh it, for the past several months actually more than that uh i have been uh spending some uh some of my efforts in my off time, doing something productive for once, uh, and I've been taking real estate courses. I have the big test coming up here in just a few weeks, in fact. So now I've really put the pressure on myself by publicly putting this out there. And over and over and over again, as I've gone through, I mean, it is, folks, appreciate your real estate agents and brokers out there. I never had an appreciation for how much they are responsible for, how much they have to learn, how much they have to know. And one of the big things that they hit on over and over and over again in this library of books that you have to consume as part of your education is all about deeds over and over and over again. You just keep seeing deed, deed, deed. And you don't realize how important something like this is until you start going through education like this or until something turns up wrong with your deed. So you're going to become a realtor, is that right? Or you get your real estate license? Yeah, you want to sell or buy anything? Is this the parachute to get out of this podcast or what? Absolutely. This is going to be my golden parachute, Uh, you know. Uh, no, it's um, I do money pieces. I, I do a money report called Right on the Money uh, for uh, well, it goes all over Texas. I cover actually. politics. I'm running for office. Well, sometimes I wonder. Uh, no, I, but you know, it, it just helps me because I do so many real estate stories, and over and over again, I have this great you know army of people that I can reach out to and get information. But there's just so much I didn't get, you know, so much I didn't totally understand, and I figured, well, why don't I just get 
a license here and and go through the education and it has been uh, amazingly informative uh and again when i saw you know we keep on referring to her as our guest tanya eiser she's just she's an amazing reporter uh and and we've worked with her for many years and she does work that no one else does and she does it in a way that no one else does and that's what i love about tanya when I saw her reports on this, though, uh, I just thought, my God, you know, people need to know about this. This is it, it's a fascinating topic. So, Tanya, with that, welcome back. Oh, gosh, what an introduction. <laughs> Last time we talked to you, I think you were out on the beach, weren't you? We, we, yeah, we called and interrupted us somewhere. Number one, I'm surprised <laughs> you called. Number two, you uh, surprised us with a uh, few choice words. Well, it wasn't a surprise. Uh, well, yeah, well, we know you. Yeah, we know you. Yes, you You're did. Like, what the blank do you want? I think that's the first. <laughs> I don't think you'll air that part, right? I no, think, we I did. Think we aired that, yeah. oh, I okay. think that's the first bleeping that we did on this podcast, isn't it? One of the first podcast we did, I believe so. Yeah. Well, you kind of warned me you might do it. <laughs> did we? Uh, well, maybe. No. We don't like. To I don't think we been did a long warn time you. Ago when I was at a resort, we called so, you on a cell phone, and you were on the beach. I think I was drinking a pina colada. Yeah, or a lot of pina coladas. Speaking of drinks, let's get into drinks here. I brought a few. My goodness. Wheeler, you already have something. I like oh, how you. Oh, you have a Dallas Blonde? Uh, yeah, do you like Dallas Blonde? Oh, I'll take that. Well, I. I mean, I'm not. No, I, I, knowing I that you like red wine, I, I brought you a. Uh, a oh, my own. It's a 2021 <laughs> Belarouche from France. Um, I actually brought this back to my hotel room in Finland. Uh, wow. They gave me this. Wow, are you going to pass that up? I was going to give it to Tanya. Do you want the Dallas Blonde or do you want this? I have a way to open it and everything, Tanya. Oh, I'll, I'll take the wine. <laughs> I mean, I, it's funny because I am actually not a big beer drinker. Huh. Really? But you like that red wine. Uh, You'll take that. I like red wine. You know what? No other podcast can you go to where they're going to treat you like this. So I know. know. I'm actually shocked that you bought the wine. Are you surprised? He's opening well, it for you and everything. What a gentleman, too. He is. Man. And he brought tools. I didn't bring tools. You, you know, it's actually... Cutter. It's it's impressive to see you using these, you know, really nice tools to open this, you know, miniature bottle of wine because the wine and all the beer and the tools were just stuffed inside this generic like grocery store bag, uh, this plastic bag. So, man, travel you roll classy. Now, do most, do most guests drink the beer? <laughs> well, you know how we ever had anybody drink the wine before we've had whiskey? I don't, I don't think we've beer. had a wine drinker on. You were our first wine drinker. You are our first bleep, also. <laughs> and we may have Somehow another you know, bleep like, today. People that would not <laughs> we may, be surprised have, we may have more. I'll let you know. Oh, wow. And wow. a plastic cup to boot. So huh? amazing. Wow, Jason. My wow. goodness. Wow. We're going to step up our game around right here. So uh, we already said we were having. You're having the 2021 Belarus Cote de Rhone. Oh, here's, um, let me not spill it. I'm not spill the mic over. And that comes from Finland, your hotel in Finland. Yeah, well, it's a French wine, but it uh, came from uh, Hotel Cant. The pictures looked amazing, by the way. If you guys don't follow Jason Whiteley on Twitter and Instagram and all that, uh, follow him just so you can see how the good life is. He's a right. traveling right. man. Oh, he is. And, and Every time I look up, he's gone. And I wonder, like, what kind of work does he really do? I joined you guys for this podcast. Every time I don't look up, he's gone because I can't look up because I get all of his work. Oh, my God. That's the problem. You get all my work. Who are you talking about? Oh, I get a lot of your work when you're out. You got a little bit of last. What are you drinking? Unbelievable. I'm having a half-life. Uh, this is from the Manhattan Project Beer Company in uh, Dallas, Texas. And it's got uh, what looks like a bomb on the front of it. Yeah, I just yeah. kind of like I love, that. I love the half-life, too. I'm having the uh, Friends and Allies uh, Springdale White Ale. Hmm. Friends and Allies. I, I, you know, I select my beer based on who I'm talking to. So, oh, so you guys are so a friend, one's an ally. So, uh, <laughs> that's great. You guys so which is which? Too. 
I'll let you guys figure that I'm out. I'm thrilled just to be one either of those with him. I didn't think I fit into either of those categories, so that's nice. So let's get into Is that good? Yes. Uh, I like that, you know, just after we talked about your trip to yeah. Finland and, and all that you uh, did there, I like that we're talking about how I'm having a half-life because it is fitting. He's living the life. I live sort of the half-life. She's having a French wine. You know, she is. I, I know. And, and I this is I was actually kind of uh, taking a chill on drinking lately, you know, because oh. we had a lot of fun last week when we were all holed up in the hotel. Oh, yeah. For the storm. For the, for the ice storm. And so, you know, you get, you get together with a bunch of journalists, and you know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so you were trying to take it easy, and we just messed that up for you. This is no reporter trip. You know, give someone else a glass of wine, loosen them up a little bit. And, it doesn't uh, take much and, to loosen them up. <laughs> <laughs> and get the truth out. My goodness. Well, I will say a friendly podcast. I'll say a cheers to you, though, and, and raise this just because of these reports that you have done. Thank you. Um, I think that, and again, as a homeowner, I looked at this and I, you know, and as somebody who has studied this stuff, I thought, God, there's got to be something you can do to try to protect yourself. And the sad reality is, is that there's not. So hopefully we've got some legislators and we know they listen to this podcast. Hopefully we've got some legislators in Austin who will listen to this today. They know this is a problem. But yeah, but let's lay it out for our viewers, for our listeners who might not have seen this on, on WFAA. You've been doing a series of stories since 2019, I believe. 2019. And this mm-hmm. is about that the series is called uh, uh, Dirty, Dirty Deeds. Mm-hmm. Dirty Deeds. Uh, Great name. name. But it's about property deeds and how easy it is for anybody to go in there and fake a signature, fake a notary, and you can take control of the property. It's yours. And you do have to pay taxes, et cetera, but you can take a property. And people have been doing this all over the place. That's it, it, What's been amazing to me is how often it occurs. And every time we do a story, every time we do a story, we get more tips. Hmm. It is without fail. We'll have people contact us and say, um, you know, my grandma died. I inherited this property. I didn't get around to X, Y, Z. And I looked up. And suddenly, the property's in somebody else's name. What do I do? Wow. And what, what do I do? And what do you do? You know, you would think that, well, this will all be remedied. This is going to be sorted out. It's not a problem. The onus is on you to go fix this. That's right. It is on the victim. Yeah. Absolutely on the victim. And so you have to go to the civil courts. You have to file the paperwork. Hmm. And it's not a simple matter. And deal with the legal fees. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And so we've we've seen a number of cases where people are having to spend tens of thousands of dollars to unwind the mess. And it's it, it's so unfair. The whole system's unfair. It the system relies on honesty, mm-hmm. the honor system. Wow. It, 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 and so because there hasn't been a because the legislature hasn't done something to fix this, you could look up and suddenly your property is not in your name. And you'd have no way to know it either until something happens. Let's say you decide to try to, you know, go take out a, a loan and you try to use the house as collateral. Or you, the, or you don't get the tax notice. Uh, yeah. You go to pay your taxes and you go, well, why is that in someone else's name? Or heaven forbid you try to sell the property and you realize that you can't sell the property because you may not even be considered the owner of your property. That's right. And so the way the system works is that it relies on, like I said, it relies on honesty. And so when you go down to the county clerk, when someone goes down to the county clerk and files that property deed, the county clerk's office 
they don't have the bandwidth to check all these, and actually legally they can't. Yeah. They have to accept that deed as is. It's just a piece of paper. So, it's a piece of paper. But as it stands now, I could go down to a courthouse in Texas, one of the 254, and say, I bought Tanya Eiser's property for $10. Here's the proof. Here's a sheet of paper. It's signed. It's notarized. And when they stamp it in the county courthouse, it's, yours. it's mine. What what struck me about your reporting, some of your most recent reporting, is this is not just little old ladies' houses and, mm-hmm. and you know, individual homes. A Burger King, a church, a Sam's Club. How in the world is this happening? I wish I had all the answers because <laughs> it still stuns me, even four years later. Mm-hmm. So back in... Uh, the last legislative session, they passed a law that says that counties over 800,000 can check the IDs. 800,000 population. population. They can check the IDs. But when, when lawmakers um, passed the legislation, they didn't give the counties the authority, the express authority to reject the property deed if you don't show ID. Now, explain hmm. that because I remember you reporting on that. If I go in and say I bought Tanya's property for $10 and here's the deed, it's signed, it's notarized, and here's my ID. What does it matter? Because is the thinking that that my ID has to has to be associated with that signature? Okay, so because you you interviewed I, several people, right. one guy in, in in the Dallas County Jail who oh I, he was mailing them from he was actually mailing them from prison and mailing, no way to check your ID if you're mailing yes yes, yes. and so. So I want to I want to back up because back I, up. I I feel like back I need I feel like I need to explain so. The way it works is that you go down to the county clerk, you file that property deed. In most counties, they don't even have the authority to ask for ID, and they most certainly do not have the authority to reject it. The way that the law works currently is counties above 800,000 population, they do have the authority to ask for ID, but the law doesn't expressly say they can reject it. In some counties, have interpreted or there's another provision in the law that says that, that a county can't reject. Mm-hmm. So we, we've actually, what's happened is among the 10 largest counties that can actually ask for ID, we have four of them that say, okay, we're going to ask for ID and we can reject. Six others, Dallas County and I forget what the other counties are, are saying, no, we still think this other provision applies. So there's a lot of confusion about the law. But all the counties that are less than 800,000 population, they can't even ask for ID. And I appreciate stunning when you think about it. I appreciate that the legislature, you know, recognized that yeah, this is a big problem. We need to do something about it. We need to pass a law. This law seems um, anemic uh, to say the least, though. Well, that because, would be putting it mildly. Because a, you know, how would you put it? <laughs> yeah, let's let's bleep. Uh, so you know, I would I would you know just think that you would do something stronger than this because you've got counties even disagreeing about what this statute says. There's loopholes within the statute and there's no real effective remedy. What if Whiteley does illegally buy your I house? I can totally see Whiteley doing I, that. I, I can too. This, Fox, I'll take this does not feel like a stretch. Uh, so I can I'll have yeah, Wheeler here broker the deals and start a <laughs> realtor. Yeah, but, and get me thrown out. And right I have away. a Dallas County prosecutor that would come take care of you. Yeah, no thank you to all of that. But, you know, let's say he does do that with you and he illegally takes your property this way. Uh, what's to say that even if he is required to show an ID, if he's going to fake a, a, a deed, he might fake a, an ID. I mean, it just seems like. As as a legislature, there is so much more latitude to do so many more things here to prevent this. 
Right. And as, but as you know, Jason, the Jasons, getting stuff through the Texas legislature is so difficult. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a gauntlet. But Texas is all about property ownership. And, you know, this you is the, part of that American dream to own a home. And this, this is a partisan. No, it's not. But you would think in the last legislative session, lawmakers had there were two different bills. One would have given all county clerks the authority to ask for ID and to reject a deed where somebody wouldn't show ID. Lawmakers told lawmakers chose the lesser option. Why? Good question. Love to know the answer to that. They didn't. They well, they chose they chose the more as you described it, Jason. Well. Wheeler, and the anemic version of it, which gave the counties above 800,000 the option. But again, the law is still unclear. And you have counties that are saying, yeah, they gave us that, the counties above, some counties above 800,000 say, yeah, you gave us the right to ask for ID, but you didn't expressly give us the right to refuse the filing. But the state will require you to do that if you want to buy a drink and you look young like well, me. Go, I can't tell you all that Try going down to happens. get your uh, driver's license well, and not have an ID. Okay, well, so, so yeah, they do. Exactly. It's ID'd all the time. For get ID'd now. all the time. I'm just trying <laughs> to have Botox a... Botox is really working for you. Just <laughs> trying to have a half-life beer. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, you can be rejected, you know, from, from buying a beer uh, if you don't have an ID. You can, you know, show it to us at the voting booth. Give us that ID. Show us that ID. But if you want to swap out who owns a, you know, four hundred and fifty thousand, six hundred thousand dollar house, uh, now nah, we'll just take that paper. That's fine. That's exactly what's happening. Hey, explain some of these cases because you have spoken to victim after victim after victim, suspect and suspect and suspect. Tell us these stories, especially the the one about the church, the church. in Lancaster, which is Dallas County. First Christian Someone church bought a church for ten bucks. Why well, he didn't buy the church? Well, he he tried to file the deed and take it, right? He, he did file the us. deed, and, he, and and I talked to him on the phone. He acknowledged. Tell us the story, family. though. Back it up and tell us the story. This guy goes to service there one time. puts a puts a ten dollar check in the offering, hmm. and he told me when I talked to him on the phone that uh, the ten dollar check was to buy the property. Because of something in the version of that the church was a nonprofit and therefore he could do it. He's actually going to trial next month. Hmm. I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. Hmm. Wow. I don't know if you should include this part, but uh, his attorney is uh, the former DA, Craig Watkins. Aha. Uh-huh. Interesting. <laughs> that is going to be an interesting one. But, you know, a lot of times this happens where, you know, and, and that was, you know, a, a, an odd case, but all of them are odd cases. So many of these happen with dead people signing documents. We've got the names of people who passed away, in some cases, decades ago. And all of a sudden, this property that's been in their family forever, their relatives, you know, that they left these properties to find out that, oh, wait, what? It's not ours anymore? Somebody's got it now? Right. What we've seen is in a number of these cases that, like I said, you know, your, your grandma dies. And you inherit a property. Maybe you don't get over there to mow it enough so it gets mowing liens. And so we've seen that a lot of these scammers are monitoring mowing liens and things where they see that the property's not being paid attention to. That's public record. Right. And so people look people look up and suddenly, well, grandma's house is not in my name. Hmm. And in some cases, what's happening is the families just don't even have the wherewithal to deal deal with it. So then, you know, now you have a clouded deed. So when the dirty deed. It's a dirty deed. So let's okay, so let's say that property gets sold, you buy that property, there's nothing that would alert a title company that there's a problem. Nothing. Because on paper it appears everything is a okay. So for the the church specifically, 
Did the church get its deed back? They did. They had what, to hire an attorney. What was the guy charged with who's going to trial? Theft. For theft? Yes. It's a felony theft, yeah. And and you mentioned mowing liens for people who don't follow this. If you don't mow your, your you know, and your, the city your grass. And will come out and mow the grass, and then it'll and trigger it'll say, a lien. Yeah, you owe us, and we're going to put a lien on your property. So these people are, are watching that. They are. That we've seen that over and over that they're keeping they're kind of they're they're figuring out what properties people aren't really paying attention to. And so then we find cases where, okay, the 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 scammer will steal the property, they turn it around, they sell it to an investor. You know, God help the investor that doesn't go through the title company because yeah. then you're just out the money. Well, yeah, right. I would never do not do not ever buy a property that you do not go through a title company. Correct. Have title insurance because if something comes out later on that that deed was dirty, then at least you have title insurance to fall back on. But if you say you know say Jason say you bought you know you you found a you know an investor wanted to sell a house and you decide you pay cash because you make so much money here at Channel A. Yeah. Um, and you said, well, you know, we don't need to mess with the title company. I would not advise that. Yeah. Did, you, did you study this? Oh, they, this is one Why of Michael teach this? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I want you to take my test for me at this point. Speaking of fraud, don't take my test for me. Uh, so, no, the thing is, is that she is exactly right with this. You know, there's a couple of themes that they teach that just keep coming back over and over and over again. And this is one of them in real estate that you you must tell your clients, hey, you really ought to get an abstract uh, of title here, which is you know basically an attorney going through and looking at the origins of this property and everything. Every time it has changed hands after that, and looking at it to make sure it's clean. Mm -hmm. And then there's title insurance. People don't have to do it, uh, but you know, and some people maybe they balk at it, you know, and go, ah, that's hundreds of extra dollars. But think of the headache that it saves you because now it's the title insurance company who has to deal with these issues. And, well, and, they're going to be on you. the hook. Yeah. Are, are there many people who have, who have are, are out money or title insurance companies who've had to oh, yeah. pay up on this? Oh, yeah. Did you talk to them? Oh, yeah. Well, we had uh, a case uh, involving uh, the guy that went to, to, to prison, um, and we – interviewed the uh the investor that brought the property and and thank god she had title insurance so she got reimbursed but think about the headache yeah you know think about the mess it's created it triggered lawsuits and you know trying to back and forth figure out who really owns this piece of property we got a call um after the special we aired a special back in december uh and we got a call from this woman who um her grandmother i'm sorry her mother had, had left just a piece of vacant property and they look up, they drive by one day, and there's a for sale sign out. And they're like, well, they didn't put that property up for sale. Mm. And then next thing they know, there's a board of adjustment sign. They're trying to change the zoning on it. They're trying to, like, we're trying to move, like, the, they're trying to do some things, obviously, to make that property more um, valuable. We haven't actually done a story on that case yet because we're still trying to figure out who's the bad guy. Because mm. it may not be that the investor's the bad guy. Like, the right. people that currently have the property may be... Um, they may just be also have been scammed. So part this of happens by accident a lot too. Yeah, it, I mean it, it can happen by accident if let's say you know somebody hasn't been in touch with their relative for a while and well, you know they think that they're selling the property and then the relative you know leaves it to someone else or sells it to someone else and then you've got you know sort of dueling deeds there. Uh, but you know you, you mentioned that you know yeah. Oh, sorry, actually, in that particular case, that was her mother and her mother. <laughs> 
this is going to sound crazy, but these cases, there's so many of them, they start to run together in my head. (laughs) In that particular case, that is her mother. Her mother is still alive. Her mother's elderly, and she knew absolutely darn good and well her mother did not sell that property. Hmm. And so, again, we're still looking into that one. The police are investigating, and and we – one of the things we do with each of these cases is we really have to peel back the onion. We don't rush any of these stories on the air because it is a paperwork case. Mm-hmm. You have to look and figure out, well, how did this happen? Who did this happen? So so at some point, you know, presumably we'll put a story on the air. I've, I've, I've done some interviews on it, but it <laughs> still works. Every one of them, every one of these cases is a process. Mm-hmm. And um, I went back right before we started and I rewatched our special and I just got Wow, like I, I, it's hard to believe over four years that we've uncovered so much, and there's so much more. Because again, every time we run a story, we get more phone calls, more emails. We have people reaching out to us saying, "Can you help us?" Mm. Like we don't know what You're to the do. Athlete, you know? mm-hmm. One of the most uh, egregious cases I think that you profiled is uh, a young man, probably in his twenties or so, who you interviewed at the Dallas County Jail. Arnaldo Ortiz. Tell us about. He's the one that mailed them from prison. Well. You, Tell us about this guy. What did he do? How did you come across him? And and why in the world did he talk to you about this? He told you everything. Well, I, I'm a nice person to talk to. You are. <laughs> the wine is speaking now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> but, but seriously, tell us what he did. What did Mr. Ortiz do? And what's he charged with right now? Well, he's fully convicted right now. As far as I know, he's not still engaging in deed fraud, but who knows? Mm. Um he had already been convicted of deed fraud. He had stolen a Sam's Club. He had stolen a Walmart. He'd stolen a, a you know, a former Burger King. Bold. It was like, I think it was 17 or $18 million worth of property. It was a crazy amount of property. He, he was kind of unusual just because of the level of boldness. So uh, he gets convicted. He gets sent off to prison. And Mr. Ortiz did it again. While he was in prison. While he was in prison, he restole several houses that he had previously stole. And explain how he did that. He mailed the, mailed the deeds to the county clerk. And paid for it how? But he used a computer too, you said, right? He some well some of some of the how he did it is a little unclear. Like did he did he have some outside outside help? Did right. he use a prison computer? But he drew the checks, the, the the checks that were used to file these fake deeds were drawn from his inmate trust account. And it says that on there. <laughs> And, you know, people do get mad at the clerk's offices and they go, well, gosh, you know, red flag, red flag, red flag. You should be catching this stuff. Right. But it's, again, it's too much for the clerk's but is, office. But is that not a red flag, though? But, their hands, but aren't their hands tied, too? I mean, you, you're They speaking. don't actually have the authority. That Well, it's questionable as to whether or not the law the law is currently unclear. And that's where it sounds like. And, 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 and that's why we, you know, we're talking about this now. We're in a legislative session here. That's why it sounds like lawmakers really have their work cut out for them here because, again, this can happen to anybody, and it, it would seem like you would think there would be some fairly easy fixes to implement or some authorities to give uh, to you know at least cut down on this, if not outright prevent it. But you know, in the piece, you talk about how this might be have to you know might have to be farmed out. To the federal government, there's a proposal uh, from a congressman uh, Emmanuel to, Cleaver, yes. to try to you know, bring this down. What is he proposing? He's proposing the Good Deed Act, which would allocate about $10 million and which would have a kind of a carrot and stick approach. It would, it would basically, re- basically reward states that put in 
sorry, I can't talk. It's Thank just you. wine. Um, <laughs> no, it's not the wine. I haven't had enough of that yet. Uh, it would. <laughs> it would. Wheeler asked long questions, so you can go. I ahead know. It that. would. It would. It would make it conducive for states to pass laws to make this harder to do, and it would also. Um, give victims money to try to undo it. There, There is a lot of, I think, we're seeing momentum now among lawmakers to try to do something. There's a number of North Texas lawmakers that are one piece of legislation's already been proposed, um, and I think it's going to get strengthened. It, it, it would have an ID requirement for all counties. But I think what we're going to end up seeing is several lawmakers proposing legislation that would have the ID requirement plus the ability to reject. That's the key. They have to expressly have the the ability to say, you won't show ID. I don't have to take this. Hmm. And all 254 counties should have that ability. But there's another really key component we have not talked about, and that's the notaries. Hmm. See, that notary stamp, they're a, um, like a professional witness. Mm-hmm. They're basically saying, this deed that's being filed is good to go. Mm-hmm. So we've seen cases where the the thief is the notary. Uh, we've seen cases where the, the notary has been duped. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen cases where the notary is um, maybe in on it. There's, there's a, or in the case whole... of the guy in, in prison, he was somehow able to sort of cut and paste yes. a, a, an actual oh, notarized yeah. Yeah, uh, there's Yeah, there's some of that signature. going on. So there's a piece of legislation I believe is going to get filed. I was um, talking to someone last night because I'm obviously keenly trying to keep track of this. That would require, uh, if it passes, additional uh, education for notaries. Would make it a criminal offense to notarize uh, a document when someone's not there. I mean, think about that. That's not a criminal act to notarize something when someone's not there. And it would also require that um, they keep their logbook because we've seen in a number of these cases where suddenly the notary is like, lost the logbook, don't know what it did with it. Mm. The dog ate my homework, you know, that kind of thing. And so we have to tighten up the notary system, too, because it's so critical um, with the filing of deeds. Um, The the, the notary is indeed very critical with that. But but at the end of the day, like Arnaldo, Arnaldo Ortiz, he just stole a, you know, copied and pasted a notary stamp and put it on there. I, I still see in my criminal mind that I inherited from Wheeler here, I still see ways around this. So even if I have to show an ID, if I'm bold enough to, to try to steal a Sam's Club or a Burger King and I'm going to fake all this other stuff, I'm probably going to be able to fake an ID and get in there if I'm making $17, $18 million. So. Well, well it, I, guess, I don't think there is one solution. It's kind of like yeah. the power grid that I've been covering. There's yeah. not one solution. What's going on with power grid? Oh, power <laughs> grid. <laughs> but, but is there is, – is anyone saying – maybe you just answered there. Is anyone saying here's a fail-safe way we need to do – something we need to do to protect private property in the state? No, not yet. County no. clerks? I don't know that I know the solution. Real- I, I think that requiring ID and the ability to reject when someone falls in person – is one component, but how one does, solution. How does a clerk at, at the county clerk's office, or, you know, someone there receiving these papers, uh, you know, if they if, have no way. If I give them a, an ID and it matches what's on the sheet of paper, but at least if something happens, you have it's it's a starting point. It's I, a place I, to go back. I, to I think that I'm kind of over the years I've become a believer that you can't let the good be the enemy of the perfect, mm-hmm. right? And you know this. Every two, it takes so much work to get anything through the legislature. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm hopeful this session, in, in my perfect world, 
we get the ID requirement plus the ability to reject plus additional requirements for notaries. The, if we got those, I would be thrilled. Mm -hmm. Does it solve everything? No. But it's a starting point, and, and you have to start somewhere because we started on this four years ago. And I'm looking at, I was kind of it was shocked recently when I started thinking about four years. Yeah. But it's so hard because the way our legislature meets with them meeting every other year, it's hard to get momentum. And it's not just the way they meet. They only meet for a few months out of the year. Yeah. So that means you really only have a couple of months to get anything done. Along with every other priority. And so that's like in the last legislative session in the last legislative session, power, the, the grid, yeah. rightfully so, was the premier issue. So how do you get these issues to rise to the top? It's so hard. And so I would again don't let the good be the enemy of the perfect. If we got those things through, I would be thrilled. It would almost seem like these these cases should be able to be fast tracked in civil court because it affects a lot of things. Uh, or that you almost uh, may need some special courts to deal with these. It happens enough, wouldn't yeah, you say? I agree. I mean, there's something needs to happen. I will say this: John Warren, our local county clerk, did create In some. County. He, that's right. He created some paperwork that people can file. Um, he, he essentially took the local government code, the language that's in the code, and made it to where you could file. Now, it remains to be seen how the courts are going to handle this, but one of the things they've done is that when you go down to file it, you don't have to pay the filing fee. Interesting. But I, I'm not completely sure how well that's going to work. How will the courts treat that? Are they going to really make this kind of, like you said, a fast-track process? I don't know. We're watching that. We've got a number of people who have had this happen, who have filed that paperwork. But I don't know how easy it's going to be to undo it without an attorney. You've mentioned Dallas County cases, uh, John Warren, the, the Dallas County uh, uh, court clerk. And is it court clerk? Civil clerk. clerk. He's what? county clerk. I, county feel, like clerk. I, I yeah. feel like I have John on speed dial. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bet he, he enjoys hearing from you. Um, but you've been to Houston on cases. Uh, no. you, you've been all over the place on these cases. This is not just a North Texas issue. Oh, no. It's a statewide is, issue. It's a statewide issue. It's a nationwide issue. Uh, part of the reason Cleaver, Representative Cleaver, proposed that legislation is he's out of St. Louis, and they were having a rash of, these, of problems involving – uh, deed fraud. Is anyone doing it right anywhere in the country? Is any, has anyone fixed this, figured it out? I've heard that there are some states that are doing a better job where they have stronger ID requirements. Another thing you could do is require that the notary get a thumbprint hmm. when they come in. I mean, you could do, there oh, are things you could do. That's there good. are things you can do. And I, I, like I said, I am hopeful of just these basic bills I'm talking about, I mean, I, I, they sound basic, but I think they're so important. And then in the next session, two years from now, hopefully Maybe we build it. Else. Yeah. So since since the legislature acted in 2021 for counties, and it was fiddly, if you well, ask me. And that's the question here. Has this lowered the numbers at all in the state? Have have the uh, oh, that's a good question. I have no idea. Lowered it? Okay. So we're not, you, we're because not, you don't because you, you don't always know until you know. Like right. we have people who call us and they go. Oh my God, the, the property got stolen two years ago. They don't even know about oh, it. Right. it, it wow. There's there's a lag time when this stuff happens. Um, and again, there's not a story we do that we don't get a phone call from someone, you know, afterwards saying, "Hey, this happened to me." And what? And, and you know, obviously we're not lawyers. We cannot give legal advice. Right. But we do our best to try to help people, even if we're not going to do a story. Go ahead and I'll share tell, your cell phone while you're here too, in case someone wants to call you. <laughs>
I mean, I could. <laughs> you, you <laughs> I might, here, here's I don't a know warning. if I should. A warning, you may catch her on the beach, though. and you. Yeah. I, I mean, I am pretty liberal with my cell phone, but uh, <laughs> I don't I, know if I want to put it on a podcast. I just can't quit uh, going back to the idea, though, that, you know, you say that this, you know, we've we've done property up to now pretty much on an honor system. It we is an honor system. We know how many dishonorable right. people there are out there. And some of these cases that you talk about, it's not one house. It's 20 houses. It's a couple of dozen houses that they've done this with. And so clearly uh, there's a lot of problem out there. And up to now, the, the remedy has been, well, you can face some pretty substantial penalties for this. But first, you have to be caught doing it mm-hmm. and you have to be convicted. But, you know, just and remember, this, these are paperwork cases. Yeah. So they're very intense for the DA's office. Which means more manpower. Yeah. And I and I and I will I want to give a shout out to Philip Clark. He is the Dallas County prosecutor mm-hmm. who has um, done Yaleman's work on these cases. I am actually deeply grateful to him uh, because throughout this process of reporting on these cases, he's been immensely helpful. And the DA's office here in Dallas County is working hard on this, trying to get the laws tightened up in this realm. And I was just talking to the clerk out in Rockwall County, uh, and she's also working on it because there's a growing awareness among county clerks that something has to change. We have to tighten this up. And if we can get the ID requirement, the ability to reject, and tighten up the notaries this session, I would be thrilled. How would I know if, if my property has been taken, put in someone else's name? I wouldn't get a uh, property taxes at the end of the year. How, how would someone know this? Uh, you might not for a while. You might not. I mean, you might look up and go, huh, why didn't I get the property tax statement on that? Um, sometimes people have gotten the property tax statement and they're still paying the property taxes. And later on, they find out <laughs> there's there's not wow. a, really a one size fits all to how people figure it out. Uh, we had a lady that contacted us, another lady. Um, that was the lady with the deceased grand, uh, grandmother. Sorry. Like when Again, when together. I say the cases all run together, I'm saying that we get so many that with kind of similar stories, mm-hmm. her her grandmother had passed away, had left her a house. And she found out when she was trying to get some repairs done, suddenly the house was not in her grandmother's name. They had never gotten around to probating the will. Yeah. So that's a whole nother level of pain and pain that she's going to have to go through. And, you know, she doesn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And so then trying to find an attorney to help her deal with that, because she's also got to deal with probate court. Yeah. And then on, it's just a lot of stuff. Well, on top of that, Whiteley, you might find out that this has happened to you in all honesty. When the for sale sign appears in your front yard and you're like, I didn't put that there. I didn't ask for this. Or right. when you try to sell your property yourself and cash in and realize, you know, when they start doing a, a title search that you're not the owner. Uh, right. at least on and paper. Generally, I will say it's generally not happening to like occupied properties. I, I, yeah. I would never want to say it can't happen. That's another because, thing, though, too, isn't but it? Generally, it, it's more likely properties where somebody's not paying as much attention to yeah. it, right? You know, again, grandma, you inherited from grandma and mowing liens, that kind of thing. But even I, churches, though, even commercial Now, the church property. thing is just crazy. I mean, the, well, the church... Tell us about commercial properties, too, because Burger oh, King... Ortiz was... He was bold. Yeah. I mean, he was really the most bold that we've had among all of our Dirty Deeds people. Uh, and, and I and I feel like I can speak pretty authoritatively because uh, he's convicted. Yeah. Some of our others, they're still in that 
the criminal, criminal justice process. Seems like they should have Ortiz come down to Austin and testify and, and oh, maybe give them some, some fixes. I'd have my cameras there for that. Well, and it would be great to hear from somebody who's done it so easily to talk about the fixes that might have prevented some of it, you know, because nobody knows how to fix it like somebody who, you know, keeps exploiting it. <laughs> and this guy talks, too. This guy talked to you. Oh, yeah. He talked to us. He talked. And every time the investigator showed up to talk to him I, in the in the special, we had I had gotten uh, the footage uh, from when hmm. the investigators from uh, HUD went to talk to him. And it was so funny because. He said when he paroled out, he was planning to go live in one of these houses. A multi-million dollar property. Well, no, that, that, that wasn't a multi-million. But, but, but it, it looked like a nice house. It looked like a nice house. Yeah, he was thinking ahead. And he thought when he paroled that he was just A-OK to go live in this house. And he sounded like he meant it. No, he meant it. Yeah, he, he had plans. He absolutely meant it. I mean, it was insane. And I'm just like. You know. I couldn't, I, I couldn't help but keep going back to this thought, too, when you were you know, going through all of this in the pieces. Um, if you have property somewhere or if property has been left to you or if you are sort of the custodian of a, a family property or whatever, show up every now and then. Clear some weeds, you know, fix it up, do something with it, have a presence there, look around there, make sure everything looks okay. This isn't the only thing, by the way, that can go wrong if you just have a property out somewhere that you're not checking on at any point, because eventually somebody can also just walk onto your property, build a house, set up shop, do whatever they want. And uh, and over time, they can accrue some right to that property if enough time goes by and you're not doing anything to keep them off of that property. One thing I will advise. This is it. You can go on to the uh, the Tarrant County clerk's site and also the Dallas County site. I'm not sure about what other local counties you can do this with, but you can sign up for a property alert um, that will hmm. alert you anytime something changes with your property. Like a credit alert. Yeah, like a credit alert. I mean, it won't necessarily prevent it, right? But if something changes, you'll get alerted. And so at least that's an early warning system. Um, but, you know, the County clerks are frustrated by this. Prosecutors' offices are frustrated by this um, because these are not these are not easy cases to prosecute. These are not easy cases to unwind, and you can imagine being the victim. So, Tanya, what's next? Uh, because you've been doing this for four years, um, you have others cooking. It sounds like other stories, other cases cooking with this. Um, what's next as far as a series of dirty deeds? Well, right now we're going to be watching the legislature, holding the legislature accountable. They have to do something. Uh, inaction is not an option, and they must make some changes. And so we're going to also be uh, paying, like I said, paying close attention to the legislation. We're going to be um, working to get people down there to testify. You, people need to hear the real story from real people who have had this happen uh, Melissa Bidding, who's the uh, pastor at that church you're talking about, I mean, I can just Im imagine her down there testifying. She was a really good interview. She's amazing. She's yeah. amazing. And I remember when she first uh, emailed me, it was several months before I could actually even get to her case, like really take a look at it and really unwind what had happened. And you, you look at it and you go, that really happened? Like, really? Mm -hmm. you, somebody took a church? To, to Jason's point, though, I, I mean, in all seriousness, why not? I know you're not the one deciding this, but why not have? Why can't I be the decider? You can. You should be the decider. Why not have Ortiz go down there? I, Cart him he, over from TDCJ well, or wherever he is, and and have him go there. 
I, I think no one better to explain how it's done than him. That's true. I mean, I I, I think that would be good. Uh, <laughs> I'm just imagining Arnaldo testifying. He's a hoot. I mean, he, he's he quite, a he, he's a character. I mean, you know, it, it sometimes amazes me over the years the people that talk to me. I'm oh like, yeah. yeah, like there's not really a lot of good that comes of it. But okay. we're talking to you. We hope there's a little good. Well, you know. But who, who are the lawmakers, Tanya, we should be watching for this session that, that are interested in this, uh, that want to do something to try to, to, to sew this up? I, I'm keeping an eye on um, Hall out of Rockwall. Mm-hmm. Has, has State Senator Bob Hall? State Senator, he's filed, already filed a piece of legislation that uh, would require ID. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't have, not, well, last time I looked, it didn't have the additional provision, but I know his county clerk over there is uh, working with him to try to get it where it needs to be. Um, Representative Davis had, had proposed legislation in the last session. That Yvonne I, Davis in Dallas? Yvonne County? Davis, I think she's going to, okay. I believe, based on what I'm hearing, I hope I'm not speaking out of school, that some we may see similar legislation coming from her. Um, so you have a Republican the, and a Democrat. I, I think there will be bipartisan support for legislation this session. I really do believe we're going to get something done. I mean, hope springs eternal, but I do think that we will get see something. And um, I'm hoping that the bosses will let me go cover Whitney Foster's trial. I'm really just, if, if I'm allowed a camera in that courtroom, I, he's an interesting guy. That's the, 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 the guy that, you know. To the church, right? But, uh, you know, he's not. Quote, unquote, the, the I mean, church. He, he did acknowledge filing that paperwork to me on the, you know, in my phone call with him. So he's an interesting character. Um, and like I said, every time we run a story, we, we get more tips. And so we continue to look into him and, you know. But you know this, Jason. Sometimes it's hard to go with, to the bosses with yet another deed fraud story. But, <laughs> well, but I, I kind of believe that until you get change, you have to keep pounding away at it. Yeah, and the way you sell this is that this can affect any one of us, too. And, you know, it's no mistake that there are bills being filed here. This is a big deal. And it's no mistake that these are people who have seen your reporting. So so good on you for staying on this and pushing it. I'd love to see them call you to testify. Oh, I would love to testify. And I wish they'd call you when you're on the beach, too, and just (laughs) just pipe you in on the audio there. Uh, But seriously, folks, there is a reason that your real estate professional tells you in any transaction. uh, We really strongly suggest that you get title insurance, that you get an abstract of title you know, please take that seriously. I know nobody wants to pay hundreds of dollars more for some service, but think of what it can save you down the road. Yeah. Wheeler's not dipping into the red wine, so we will let you go, Tanya, <laughs> because I, I know you'll be fighting over that in a moment. Next podcast we do, we're going to do it with no socks. Um, so, no socks? Yeah. Uh, well, we need no shoes, but you're already like up in the state size here, so <laughs> we'll just do no shoes if you want to. Tanya, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the wine. You've, you've had our, our first uh, our first wine here. No, this was good. Was it good? Do I get to take the bottle? You yes, you do. do I oh, take well. the bottle? You get to finish <laughs> off that bottle. Uh, and, and by the way, for those of you who haven't seen this incredible uh, series of reports, we have a link to Tanya's latest, which is just, it's a phenomenal watch. You really should see it. Uh, it's uh, down in the description for this podcast. It's, it's an unbelievable series of stories. And, and kudos to you. For, for four years, you've been working on this in the background. Most reporters, you know, for people who don't realize it, will work on something, move on to another story, either the next day or the next couple of weeks or next month or so. You have been on this for a long time, and that's unusual. 
And I'm not sure what that says about me. Am I an old dog with a bone or something? (laughs) (laughs) Tanya, don't play, folks. (laughs) Tanya, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening as well. We always appreciate you listening to Yolitics, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. Hey, subscribe while you're here. Okay, y'all. The conversation doesn't stop here. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Yolitics.